Welcome back to Monday Madness Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, your host of the program, starting the week off fresh, talking the latest in the world of sports. This is episode 180, all the way from Harper College Radio to Radio DePaul Sports, now recording independently on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Let's get it going today. It's going to be a good one. Kind of have to recover from the hangover from a great day of Chicago sports yesterday. And I'm ready and all in to talk about it here on the 180th episode of Monday Night Sports Talk here on September 14th, 2020. All right. Another three weeks have passed since I've done another show, and I feel like that's going to be the pace. Either two, every two or three weeks, it'll be the pace, um, at least for now. But uh, let's get into more detail about that, because a lot has happened, actually, in my life since you've last heard my voice. To take down the music of Alexander Lewis, Brace Tracks, all of the lights... All right, so welcome in to this 180th episode of Monday Matter Sports Talk. Uh, and I know uh, if I was on pace every other week or every three weeks, I would not be at 180 uh, episodes at this point. It'd be more like 90. Um, but at the end of the day, um, a lot has been perspiring with my life and work and a lot of hours I've been working and it's kind of exhausting and i said it in 179 that if work ends up affecting the way my radio show runs uh it's gonna be detrimental to me and i feel heartbroken about it because um this is what i love to do this is everything that i hope to be able to create a career with and to not be able to do that because of exhaustion it detrimental to me and a lot goes into a show a lot I have to prepare for I have to research I have to edit I have to record etc and when I'm working 40 to 50 hours a week it's harder for me um especially now out of school um being that it was DePaul which I just graduated from just started this week uh or this past week per se and you know, I'm not there. I don't have that motivation as well as I did when I was a college student. Every single week, I'd go in for a radio show because I'd be in the mode. I'd be doing my my thing as a college student because I'm work, work, work. That's my that's my mentality. Um, but it's been hard to do that. Of excuse me, it's been hard to do that of late when all I'm doing is slicing deli meat and cheese. So, I I'm feeling a little strained from the, from this show, and it's kind of killing me on the inside um so the new pace is going to be set probably at every other week for now it might go back to every week depending on uh just yeah first of all i don't even know what's going to happen in the next couple weeks so it really it depends on circumstances but at this at the end of the day i'm still recording a radio show today and it's going to be a good one it's also probably at the best time too because i'm still recovering I wouldn't say recovering is the best word. I would say I'm still hungover from 
yesterday's day of Chicago sports with the Bears game, with the Cubs throwing a no-hitter, and with the White Sox also winning and uh, securing the best record in the American League. Uh, a lot happened yesterday and also the past couple of weeks. Uh, we got we got NHL playoffs. I might talk a little bit about that, just a little bit, because I'm not as interested as I was a couple of weeks ago. Um, maybe NBA playoffs too, but the same thing kind of applies as well as my thoughts on NHL is, is I'm not as interested in the NBA playoffs, to be honest with you. I'm really not. I mean, yes, I'm excited that sports are here, sports are playing, and everyone's healthy. Uh, but it's just getting to a point where all these sports now with baseball and football coming back, it's kind of overshadowing the the two sports that I was really excited about a few weeks back when sports returned. Um but I'll still be talking about it, of course. Of course, I'll still get into NBA and NHL, but not as much as I'm going to get into baseball and football. I might get into a little bit of UFC because we got a really good fight card this upcoming weekend because we got a Colby Covington and uh, Tyron Woodley main event. Um, and you got a card that's pay-per-view, in my mind, pay-per-view worthy. Um, probably the, not, the best non-pay-per-view card of the year. That is my take. I'll probably get to UFC much later about that, probably at the last segment. Um, I'll probably end up combining the NHL and NBA segments since I'm going to talk little about it, just give an update about the playoffs, my um, longstanding predictions, etc. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to start the show off with baseball because baseball right now is at the top of my mind. So I'm going to make it at the top of the show and... What, what do I got to say about baseball? Well, we just saw a no-hitter yesterday, and we also saw a no-hitter on August 25th, I believe, or 24th. I don't know. It was it happened, though, and it was off the hand of Lucas Giolito. That's old news, obviously, but the new news is that this is the first season that both Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox had a pitcher throw, the, throw a no-hitter in the same season. It's never happened in over the what 100 and... 20 to 130 years that both of these teams have been in existence so that's pretty darn cool if you ask me um so let's get going and talking about that um uh, i'm gonna send you guys to a mini break which is gonna be five seconds i'm gonna roll in to that with all the lights here as i'm going to get us started here with 180 that of which the episode number here today for monday man of sports talk my name is noah festenstein and i will see you in just a second so stick around segment of the day for the 180th episode of Monday Madness Sports Talk. Once again, my name is Noah Festenstein. Bringing me into this one is Clayton Bandit and Zara Larson, the Arthur Rehab remix of Symphony. Time to talk some baseball. Let's get it. So, like I said before on the uh, intro, um, it's now school season, 
and this is the first time in my life I am not taking part in that school season, which is kind of weird for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm seeing all my DePaul friends and other friends that I've gone to school with go back to school. I I mean, I'm not bragging or anything. Like, I miss it. I miss miss the heck out of going to school and seeing my peers and everything and doing work. Like I said in the first segment, that's what kept me going each and every week on Monday Man and Sports Talk. It's just so weird. I mean, I'm doing a radio show right now, and I'm not in studio. I'm not doing anything special. I'm just doing it same old, same old like I've been doing it over summer. Um, and, I'm, of course, I'm still having fun with it. It just feels weird. Um, but I'm going to embrace it because uh, uh, I have succeeded my journalism degree, and I'm ready to go on to the next level in life. Um, and I hope to do so here with Monday Man Sports Talk as it, it looks to continue on here through the 180th episode. And you may say uh, it's taken a whole 180 turn here on episode 180 as now I'm not in school. So, uh, it's only exciting from here. And it's just the more exciting to see the Chicago Cubs pitch a no-hitter! Yay! We've seen it. And from the most unlikely candidate as well, in Alec Mills, a college walk-on pitcher and a 22nd round draft pick. And it ends up Actually, having not just a no-hitter yesterday, but um, I was talking about it last show, how Alec Mills is a reliable pitcher wherever you put him in the game. And as a starter, he's been proven very reliable with a 5-3 and three record. Um, and there hasn't been... Like, you, you see these cuss pitchers come through and have, like, really bad games consistently over and over and over again. Alec Mills is not consistently bad. He's... Got, he's got an arsenal. I mean, he, he's got he look look at look at yesterday's game for example. Obviously, that was the best game he's ever pitched in his life. Um, he pitched a lot of pitches to the Milwaukee Brewers lineup, who is a very weak prone contact team. So they don't really hit hard hit balls. You know, pitchers tend to look for weak contact off of their bats, which hence is why Alec Mills only had five strikeouts the entire game is because he tried to get the batters out by weak contact, and he did so by avoiding the middle of the strike zone. If you look at his pitch chart, as I'm looking at now, uh, there's only one or two good pitches straight through the heart of the plate, but that's it. And he threw a lot of called strikes, and those called strikes were near the edge of the plate or not right in the middle of the strike. So maybe on a left-handed pitcher, a little bit inside, right-handed pitcher, a little inside as well. He's commanding his pitches the way that they need to be commanded. And that's what won him the game yesterday. That's what got him the no-hitter. And uh, it was very effective as to what he was up to. Um, He was just on a roll in yesterday's ballgame. Um, it's just so funny because I was watching the Bears game, the final end of the Bears game, and I looked at the box score of the Cubs in the sixth inning because I already knew they were up 10 nothing at the time. Uh, and I'm like, it says no-hitter. And I'm like, oh, no, Alec Mills is pitching a no-hitter? After the Bears pull off this miraculous comeback victory with Mitchell Trubisky doing all that, I'll talk about it later. Um, I see Alec Mills pitching a no-hitter. Like, that was pretty cool to just watch 
going from the Bears game to the Cubs pitching a no-hitter, that was a lot of fun. Like, you got from 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock to when um, the Bears game started on to 4.35 o'clock. That time frame was probably the best time frame in Chicago sports in a very long time because you also had the White Sox winning their games too and the White Sox are now the best American League team with the best winning percentage um, passing up the Tampa Bay race which to me is quite incredible because nothing went wrong in Chicago sports yesterday with the exception of us thinking that the Bears are going to lose when they were down 23-6 to so I just or at twenty to six, whatever it was, they were still down by a lot of a, a, a lot of points, um, and they still pulled it off. I'll get to the football talk in a little bit, but here it's about baseball, and with what happened the Cubs the past couple of days, it was a very tough loss to take in the first game of the series against the Brewers because it was a one nothing game. The offense just could not get going in that game, and uh, I, I would think that your confidence would be at the lowest after just a stupid one nothing win and also many chances to win, uh, to to score a lot of what the Cubs problems are revolve around hitting with runners in scoring position if they don't hit with runners in scoring position they're not going to keep up the momentum that they should inning by inning and inning by inning the box score stated especially in some of these games that the Cubs have played in 0-0-0-0-0 along the lines uh, and what happened the other day is once uh Hayward, uh, it happened again, 0-0-0 across the board until the ninth inning. Josh Hader comes in in that second game to close the game out with a, what was it? Uh, what was the lead? It was like three to, I don't know, two to, two to nothing? Yeah, it was two nothing at the time. So Josh Hader comes in, one of the best relievers in all of baseball, uh, probably the best reliever in the Central Division. Um... And Jay Heyman, Jason Hayward, goes yard. And probably besides his grand slam to win, uh, to walk off a game a couple years ago, this has got to be Jason Hayward's best moment. And when Jason Hayward hit that home run, the Cubs just started to go off. Not even just in that game, because after Jason Hayward hit that three-run home run, uh, Vargas with the new Cubs uh, acquiree from the trade deadline, goes deep. And then you saw um, the next game. Just absolutely uh, a, a fantastic performance by the offense. Great teamwork all around. Once once one guy started going, the other went, and it was Jason Hayward again. Jason Hayward hit an RBI double, and then it just went off from there. Uh, so it's just about that team effort. You can tell in the win like that with the Chicago Cubs that that's the kind of team that we're looking for in the north side of Chicago. It's quite remarkable to see the transformation in two days from having a terrible game to going and no hitting a team and what and beating them 12 nothing like like that shows a lot in a team if the Cubs can adjust like that I think they could be any team in the league um but it, it all comes down to in the playoffs a best of three series so you got to do that right away and then a best of five series in the divisional championship, et cetera, et cetera. So that consistency needs to stay for the playoffs. I hopefully I got uh, knock on wood. Uh, 
that the Cubs stay in this position in the top of the Central Division, but I'm quite sure that the Cubs will be making the playoffs this season alongside the uh, Chicago White Sox. So um, with that being said, let's uh, let's take a, an update on these standings because um, a lot is about to go down. Uh, with the Cubs having just 12 games left in the season, they got an off day today. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals is basically the opposite of what the Cubs. The Cubs have a massive advantage over the St. Louis Cardinals because of the reason of rest. You know, the Cubs are going to have a day off today. They're going to have a day off on Thursday in between that those days off are sandwiching a two-game series between the Cubs and Indians, which are both night games, and I'm sure those are pretty relaxed games because now the Cubs are not playing any of the top three contenders in the Central Division. The Cubs are done with the Brewers and done with the Cardinals. They went 5-5 five and five against both teams and the Reds as well. Um, Reds now falling off the map. They got a doubleheader today. Also, the Cardinals have a doubleheader today as well against the Brewers. That starts at 410. Um, the Cardinals have, what, six um, doubleheaders left, and the Cubs have, I don't even know if they have any left. So that's going to take a very big toll on that St. Louis Cardinals team in which they probably won't have a lot of rest. They're going to probably have to pitch pitchers three to four days after they, they pitched last. And if they end up, if they do end up making the playoffs, after that, exhaustion could still take effect. Um, so, with that being said, the Cubs have a massive advantage with their division lead, with the amount of rest that they still have left, and also um, they have options. They have so many pieces to their bench, to their bullpen. Um, then we have starts like what Alec Mills had yesterday. You don't even have to worry about your bullpen. So those are some easy silver linings for the Cubs. Um, and if you look at it this way, it's the Cubs division to lose right now. They're in a position to saying, hey, let's not, you know, if it becomes 2018 again, where they give up a, a four-game series lead and or four-game division lead and less than a week, then uh, so be it. But it's the Cubs division to lose right now. And so is the White Sox, too, in a way. But uh, their division is a bit more closer than the NL Central. So the AL Central goes as such. The Chicago White Sox, 30-16. and 16, The best record in all of baseball. 30-17 um, and 17 are the Tampa Bay Rays, but that's one more loss. So the winning percentage is in favor of the White Sox. Um... 30 and 18 are that of the Minnesota Twins. That's a game behind the White Sox. The White Sox have two more games to play to match that, so they could easily be 32 and 16 if they win the next couple games. They're on a four game winning streak as we speak. Uh, that of the White Sox. Uh, Minnesota is on a three game winning streak. So I feel like that's what it's going to um, come down to is the White Sox and Twins. Cleveland Indians are now four and a half games back at 26 and 21. They still have a lot of games to play, but yet they are on a losing streak of six games. Uh, let's see. We got the San Diego Padres at a seven-game winning streak. The second-best team in the MLB with a 31-17 and record. Right behind the LA Dodgers, two and a half games back of them with a record of 33-14. and So the two best teams in the league in the NL West. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work in the playoffs. Is San Diego going to be like the second seed if this, if this stays that way? Um, that would be interesting because I, I, I don't know if... Um, the second seed teams in each division is if they have a better record 
than like a first place team. So let's say, for example, the San Diego Padres have a better record than the Cubs and Atlanta Braves in both the uh, Central and the East, both of the division leaders. Are they going to have second seed or are they going to have fourth seed? Um, that's my main question. Because, um, I mean, San Diego is in a division with the toughest team in the league with the LA Dodgers. And the fact that they're the second best team in the league says a lot. Um, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. Cause now you got San Francisco who we thought was on a run. Now they're not it's a 23 and 14 or 23 and 24. Um, so if we look at the wild card implications, uh, it's two third seed teams that go. So, uh, the worst third seed team is, is going to be the odd team out and not make the playoffs. So the worst third team, third seed team right now would be Milwaukee at 20 and 24. Six games behind in the NL Central. So if there's a sense of urgency right now with this Milwaukee Brewers team, it's got to be win now or go home. Because uh, if they don't pull off a good series against the St. Louis Cardinals, you can just kiss that one goodbye. This is another reason why I'm for sure certain that the Cubs are going to make the playoffs because Milwaukee Brewers are falling off the map quick, and there's not really any case scenario in which I see the Cubs falling behind teams like the third-place teams like Miami or Philadelphia. Miami, I believe, have a very good chance at making the playoffs. They're on a two-game winning streak right now. They're 23 and 21. Who thought Miami was going to be in a position like this this year? I'm actually, if there's one team I'm really excited to see what happens with, it's got to be Miami. And I'm rooting for them because they're an easy team to beat, at least is what I'm thinking. Um, but hey, uh, you got guys on that team that are looking to have experience in playoff pushes, in which, you know, they haven't had in many years. Um, many, many years. I don't know the last time the Miami Marlins were in the playoffs. Let's, let's fact check it. Marlins last playoff appearance. Let's check it out. Um, so the only uh, 2003. So yeah, the last time the Marlins were in the playoffs was when Steve Bartman was. Not a known guy until that happened. Um, but yeah, so interesting stuff in the MLB standings here. Um, I know I've talked a lot about the Cubs right now, but I got to show some respect to the South Side here in Chicago. The White Sox, man. I mean, last time you saw the Cubs and White Sox be this successful in one season was a very long time ago. And. A lot of talk here in Chicago is what if there's a Chicago All Chicago World Series and no one can go? Excuse me. I would be enthralled if that was the case, but um, that'd be quite the series. I mean, the first time since the early parts of the 20th century that the Cubs and White Sox meet in the World Series, no one can attend, which would be insane because I would think that. There would be Bedlam here in Chicago. I don't think social distancing would exist that whole World Series week uh, if that actually happened. Um, but 
let's talk about this White Sox team. This White Sox team has the most amount of home runs in the MLB. They got, uh, you know, they got pitching. They got enough. They got also a well-rounded lineup that I think is just going to stay consistent. And this is where I say as well, this is Chicago White Sox season to lose if they don't make the playoffs. And now at 30 wins, they're guaranteed 500 for the season. Um, that was the goal for them last year. This year, it's a different team. It's a much different team. You can see it in the energy. This team's having fun. Um, I mean, Jose Abreu, I think is he's, he's got a great chance of becoming the AL MVP. Uh, uh, and then Luis Robert being the AL Rookie of the Year. I think that's going to happen, no doubt, with Luis Robert if he keeps up what he's doing. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to show some respect to the White Sox because I'm all in for their success. Usually, I, obviously, as a Chicago Cubs fan, that's not the case, but um, got to feel for them. They're due to succeed, the White Sox are. I mean, the last time they were in the playoffs was 2008. So let's just root for the White Sox to succeed. It's just they're due. And I think that's what it comes down to is they're obviously going to make it sometime, and it's during a time when the Cubs are also just as good. So... Uh, we'll see about that. Um, anything else with baseball? Uh, still recovering from that no hitter. Um, that's it. That's really it. Uh, to, on Tuesday night with the Cubs, you got you Darvish and Carlos Carrasco on the mound. You Darvish, I think, putting up a fantastic Cy Young esque year that I think should be recognized easily, but uh, the best pitcher in the National League will still stick with Jacob Jacob DeGrom. Um, but you Darvish man with a one point seven seven ERA and a seven and two record, that's what that's what the Cubs needed out of Darvish this year. If you if the Cubs needed something out of this year in terms of starting pitcher, they needed the resurgence of you Darvish. He's adjusted himself so well and I think he's found his spot here in Chicago. Um so yeah, I think that's it here for baseball today. Um, I think next segment I'll be getting into some football, and then the next segment after that will be a combined segment with hockey and basketball playoffs, and then to end the show today, I'll do some UFC. So that's how it's going to go down the rest of the show. So about nearly 30 minutes done here, and a lot more to go. It could be a longer episode today. So uh, yeah, yep. Um, what's funny is actually... I'm a, since I'm pre-recording this, I'm actually leaving right now, and I'm going to continue the recording later after I work at, or after like around like 9.30. What's nice about that is, at that time, you got Monday Night Football going on tonight. Um, let's see what it is, I think. And I also got fantasy football implications. I'll be talking about my fantasy teams um, in the next segment. So you got tonight two Monday Night Football games, Pittsburgh and New York. I have a lot of implications on that game for fantasy. I'm really, I'm, I have to root for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I got their defense. Um, and then the Tennessee Titans and Denver Broncos. <laughs> it's funny as I got the Denver Broncos defense on another team that I'm in. I'm in three teams in one of the leagues I'm uh, hosting. So uh, you got high leverage situations going on tonight um so i'm here i'm here for it so i'll uh, talk about it tonight i'll have more details on football so that's a good time for me to kind of like all right i'm gonna stop here i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna come back i'm gonna finish the recording and it's gonna be all great so this episode is going to be posted um roughly midnight tonight 
maybe in the morning. It won't be posted, of course, on Monday, but it's still recorded on Monday, which is uh, equivalent. Hey, we haven't had a show in three weeks, so I'll take what I can get. Um, so, yeah, that is that. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, get into more sports when you come back in about a second. And for me, it's going to be in about nine hours. So I'll be back in nine hours, but you'll hear my voice in about... I don't know, again, five seconds. I'll reintroduce myself after work. It might be interesting. I don't know what's going to go down, but uh, I'm excited for it. I'll see y'all on the flippity flop. Hope you enjoyed that baseball segment. And uh, stick around, because there's a lot more to go. Welcome back. Monday Matter Sports Talk. This is Noah Festenstein recording in my basement in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Here for the 180th episode of Monday Matter Sports Talk. Moving on along to the second segment of the day with that of football. We're back, baby! It's football season! How great it is. Gives me high hopes, if you may say. Such as the song Panic at the Disco High Hopes, the Two Friends remix here, bringing me into this next segment of the day. Such exciting stuff here. Monday Madness Sports Talk. It's Madness. It's Monday. I mean, Mondays are usually full, full, filled with mad in this, I guess. At least today it was, because remember when I said the past segment, I was going off to work. And now it's eight hours later since I said that eight, nine hours later. And boy, was it ever a busy shift. It was, but I still am surprised to have the energy here to continue on the show. And what's funny is um, I feel like all the adrenaline has rushed back into me that I left off from the previous segment nine, nine hours ago. And now I'm feeling it again. This is what sports talk is all about. This is what podcasting all about is that adrenaline, that that bolstness, I don't know what the word to describe it is, that, I don't know, boost of energy, you may say, but I'm feeling it right now, and I'm sure the Chicago Bears felt the same exact way in yesterday's victory over the Lions um, in Detroit. What a game it was. First of all, I was at work during the entirety. Literally, I was unfortunate to have my work start at the exact same time of kickoff at 12 o'clock, but, um... With the uh, service of NFL Game Pass, I was able to listen on the radio to, uh, uh, I think it was 780 WGN, um, and it was pretty good. I I enjoyed uh, what I heard from the Bears' defense at first when they, you know, only gave up, what, 13 points in the first half or something like that? And then once they gave up that next touchdown, they were down 20-6, to and the Bears couldn't move it upfield. They had trouble, I mean, controlling the ball at first. They had a lot of control time in the first half, but just could not carry that out to the second half or the third quarter for that matter. But then really turned on the Jets in the fourth quarter where Mitch Trubisky, three touchdown passes, 85-plus yards, uh, really showing that he is worthy to keep his job. Uh, but I feel like that's just a week. This is a week by week basis basis with this Bears quarterback situation because you still have another quarterback with Nick Foles that is just that has the ability to be to be just as reliable. 
and it's going to kind of make you feel like like how you would control your quarterbacks in a fantasy football situation. Let's say you got a Deshaun Watson and uh, Aaron Rodgers in your lineup. Who are you going to pick? <laughs> you know, the same thing applies to Matt Nagy and his quarterback situation with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Who am I going to play? Um, but I think the the standard is the first week. What happens in the first week? Let's see how Mitch Trubisky plays, and once he falters, we'll put in Nick Foles. But I feel like if if Mitch Trubisky doesn't falter, where will Nick Foles go? I feel like Nick Foles still needs to prove himself as a Bears backup quarterback. Um, maybe to also reduce the risk of injury for Trubisky, to maybe put him on the bench for a couple games. Uh, that could also be a good tell as to how the Bears will treat Mitch Trubisky. But as far as I'm concerned, after this week one performance, um, as slow as the start it was, Mitch Trubisky really, really proved himself in the fourth quarter, and that's the quarter where you really need to prove yourself the most. And Mitch got it done um, with the likings of new Bears side end Jimmy Graham, a nice easy touchdown pass to the right side there. Um, I thought that pass to Anthony Miller to take the lead with that touchdown was incredible. I was actually on break for that, and I was able to watch it on TV, and I was like, when, when Mitch threw that ball up in the air towards the end, I was like, I knew that Anthony Miller was going to make a run for it and make a play on it. But right through the pocket, right in to the window where it needed to be, I, that's the type of pass you wanted to see from Mitch Trubisky on a game-winning touchdown drive, especially coming back from um, a pretty hefty lead and uh, a pretty hefty deficit, if you may say, in the fourth quarter. Um, but welcome back, football. That's literally the game yesterday for the Bears. Or uh, it, it really defined, I feel like, how this Bears season can look. Because think about it this way. The Lions aren't that great of a team, and the Bears had to struggle against them. But given the benefit of the doubt, there hasn't been any exhibition games. This team hasn't really played with each, each other that much. Also, um, Robert Quinn, the newest pickup, probably the biggest pickup this offseason, he didn't play defensively for the Bears, so you still got some elements in that regard. They can say, hey, the Bears still have some pieces to put in the lineup that can make this team just that more exciting. So I think it's an exciting team. I think they have potential. Um, also in this NFC North, the Vikings and Packers had a good game against each other the other day. It was a very high-scoring affair, but the Packers, of course, pulled out up in front. But, I mean, just because it was a high-scoring affair doesn't mean that both of those teams did not just do a good job offensively, which really proves that the Bears need to prove themselves defensively in order to have a good season here in the NFC North. Um... But hey, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about this Mitch, about what Mitchell Trubisky did uh, in the end of that game. It's encouraging to say the least. But it also makes the decision between him and Nick Foles that just that much more harder, um, considering you got two good, reliable quarterbacks that you might nah, make reliable is a little bit too much. Um, good enough, good enough quarterbacks, if you may say. Chase Chase Daniel, as for the couple games he did perform pretty well. It wasn't that kind of quarterback. You have that different feel now with Nick Foles. I feel like that kind of that, I don't know, your safety net, if you may say, with Nick Foles, you feel like you can rely on Nick Foles to do something good any day of the week. Um, And hopefully he can become that kind of quarterback behind Mitch Trubisky or even in front of Mitch Trubisky if it has to get to that point. Um, So with that being said, as I did mention the – outcome of the Vikings-Packers game. Let's talk about other NFL scores because uh, some notables. I want to start with that Chargers-Bengals game. Um, wow. What a... Uh, 
entry for Joe, uh, uh, Joe Burrow for um, the for his NFL debut, considering he did kind of prove himself a little bit. Yeah, but uh, it's more of like welcome to the Bengals rather than a welcome to the NFL because uh, the Bengals struggled struggles really showed off um, in that game based on that missed field goal at the end and the kicker obviously faking an injury to shadow the fact that he just missed a 33-yard field goal. Don't fake an injury if you miss a field goal. You miss the field goal. You're not good enough. Just get off the field, accept the loss, and move forward. But uh, Joe Burrow, there's a picture of his reaction, which I posted on my Instagram. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and it's also a comparison between 2019 and 2020 with him smoking a cigar after his national championship with LSU. I just thought that was so funny. Uh, so let's move on. A good game between the Cardinals and San Francisco, the Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers, the reigning NFC champions, lost to the Cardinals 24 to 20. A great game by Kyler Murray in that one. Um, let's look at the stats for it because I'm sure um, Kyler Murray was definitely uh, the shining star in that one with one touchdown. Um, made 26 completions on 40 attempts at the 65% completion average and 230 yards. Uh, so that's good for them. Cardinals also defensively able to um, keep the San Francisco Giants at bay. Did you get it? At bay? Because San Francisco's on a bay? Yeah, whatever. I give up. Uh, okay, so let's move on to uh, the next game here as I'm scrolling on through week one of NFL action. Um, Thursday, let's go back to Thursday. I actually kind of wanted to make a mention about Thursday um, because you saw on Thursday the first game of the NFL season between the Texans and Chiefs. I was very confused to see uh, fans in the stadium because I was always under the impression that there was not going to be any fans and maybe I didn't do enough research about it. But there are fans in, in Arrowhead Stadium on Thursday, which confused me. Um, and Coach Reed, Andy Reed, was wearing like a face shield mask, which we all saw. I would assume, and I think those things need need needed windshield wipers. It was just so ridiculous. And <laughs> I think today the NFL banned it because of uh, I don't know what it was because, but I don't know if you have time, look it up on your own um, peril. But it. <laughs> The ruling states that coaches cannot wear protective shields. Not masks, but shields, which is what Andy Reid was wearing the other day. <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous. Was the memes that came out of that was worth was worthwhile. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, a good day. Uh, also, I got Deshaun Watson on two of my fantasy squads. Because I think Deshaun Watson has a lot of potential in giving me that uh, some fat points in my fantasy leagues. Hopefully, um, I can get into more detail about fantasy. Maybe as the weeks go on. Um, but yeah, this week I went. I'm in three leagues, and I went. I'm nearly two and one this week, which is good. It's a good start, promising start. Even though I had a promising start last year, and it went down the drain. Um, all right, let's not go on a venting spree here and let's continue with these scores from this first week of NFL action we got the Buccaneers and Saints and Tom Brady's debut 
Uh, down on the south end of things with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I actually heard uh, a rumor the other day, I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, that Tom Brady was given an offer by the Chicago Bears to sign and uh, turned it down because, quote, I didn't want to play in cold weather, end quote. I don't understand what cold weather does to you, but if you can't be a cold weather football player, you're not then how how versatile can you be? I understand you're a Hall of Famer, Tom Brady, but you got to be willing to be versatile. Okay, but I understand. Tampa Bay does have nice weather here and now. It rains, though, a lot. I don't know if you had a problem with rain. Um, but nonetheless, Tom Brady, let's look at his scores for his first game. He passed 63.9 percentage for 23 completions on 36 attempts, 239 yards and two touchdowns, but throw, uh, through two interceptions, um... Which is for a Saints for the Saints defense, it's that's kind kind of gotta be embarrassing just a little bit. But I mean, given giving Brady the benefit of that, it is the first game for a new team, which is the something that he's never done in his illustrious career. Um, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Still, Saints winning 34-23. Um, let's see what Drew Brees did in that game because I know that's a, a highlight to always look out for. Um, let's look at the Saints box score. Taysom Hill also had one complete, I don't know, some play. I don't know what the heck that is. Um, but Drew Brees, 60 percentage, no interceptions on two touchdowns. So if you don't throw an interception as a quarterback, you're more than likely going to have a good day or at least a better day than what you would have if you threw interceptions. Statistically speaking, it would be a better day. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. We got Cowboys and Rams. Twenty to seventeen are the Rams winning that one. Good game. Uh, let's look at today. Today we saw some other games with the uh, Steelers and Giants. I remember earlier <laughs> talking about how it's going to happen tonight. I'm glad that I'm talking about it because we already got some finals today, and we also have a game going on right now as we speak. Um, Steelers beating the Giants twenty six to sixteen. And uh, the Titans and Broncos going at it 7-7 to right now in the second quarter. Um, I got the Broncos defense in one of my leagues, so I'm actually paying attention to that game in a way. I need the Broncos defense to perform in that. That's a 12-person league, and I had barely any defensive choices left. And I was like, well, it's Vic Fangio's second year in a row in Denver, and he's a defensive-minded coach. So I'm thinking that he's going to adjust pretty well in this season and hopefully their defense can show up. Um, and maybe my fantasy skills will show up alongside that as well. But uh, Godspeed to that one. I don't have too many. I, you know, the thing about fantasy as I get into this, uh, I think the best tip you can give someone regarding fantasy football is to say, don't go in with high hopes unless it's too competitive. If it's too competitive, well, then that's your life, fantasy football. But I'm going into, I'm running one of the leagues, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll take the draft seriously, and I'll have fun. I'll maybe buy in and such, but don't take it too seriously to the point where your expectations are high. Because when your expectations are high for a player and they don't perform, your psyche, your fantasy psyche will go whack. And you won't know what to do with yourself. And that's usually my problem. I think that's the lesson I learned from the, my past few years of playing fantasy is to not get too hyped up, especially about a win. You gotta always adjust. Gotta always uh, be open to trade options, which I have. I'm I'm, I'm super prude uh, when it comes to trading. 
like it, 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 I, I look at a trade a friend sends me and I'm like nope I ain't trading that one but um, maybe that's because I don't trust myself in fantasy football as much as the next person does uh, but I feel like that should change this year hopefully the three uh, three leagues that I'm in will help me adjust to where I need to be at in terms of mentally for fantasy football because I remember talking about fantasy football on Monday Madness Sports Talk for the past Oh, I don't know. Long time. few years. You heard it from Cesar Sanchez and James Jefferson when we were at WHCM. You heard it from Colby. I think Colby Marcio when he was on for the first term in 2019. Or for the 2018 for that matter. It's 2018 the first term of that year. Colby Marcio spent like, what, 10 episodes and always had fantasy football talk with him. Uh, so we're familiar with fantasy. But... You know that my strong suit is not football or basketball. I, like the two fantasy sports I played are like the worst knowledge, the worst of my knowledge in terms of sports talk. But uh, I'm willing to adjust. All right, I think that's it for football. If I'm wrong, um, I mean, maybe a quick look into week two. Looking for a good Thursday night game with Bengals and Browns, the Ohio. Matinee, if you may say. Uh, and then the Bears, the Bears, are going to be playing. I forgot who they're playing. I got to scroll down. Who are the Bears playing? The Bears are playing the Giants at home. First first home game. I would assume the Bears are expected to win that one. These are the win. Like, here's the thing. The, the Bears have a relatively easy schedule this season. And... I would think, with that being said, any easy... It's a harder schedule this year, but any games that are winnable are the games that are the most important. Because if you don't win those games, the more pressure that is going to be mounting in this 16-game season. So, we'll see. We'll see about that one. Okay. All right. Okay, all right, all right, okay. Let's get on it with some more sports talk. Uh, I think next segment will be hockey and basketball combined. Just talk playoffs because uh, tonight the there a game that's ended between the Dallas Stars and Vegas Golden Knights. The Dallas Stars are Western Conference champions for the first time in their 20-year history, and I'm excited to talk about that because um, I can take a crap on myself for predicting that the Knights would win the Stanley Cup based on their depth. But uh, the Dallas Stars just seem to have more chemistry and seem to have a will to win, which is the exact element that I have um, expressed very much so in my talks on hockey and basketball during the time in their respective bubbles. Um, Yeah, and also some basketball playoffs, um, Eastern Conference semis, Western Conference semis, etc., get into that and much more here got that and then also to end the show with ufc so uh, a lot more to go here on the 180th episode of monday man sports talk take you guys to a very quick break i'll be back in just a moment stick around Sports Talk. 
It is your host, Noah Festenstein, taking you on to the third segment of the day here on the 180th episode of Monday Madness Sports Talk. So, let's see how we can do it here with basketball and hockey combined. Tiesto and KSHMR featuring Bassey Secrets. So let's get it going. I got no secrets about the opinion I have for basketball and hockey. But I love this bass drop, that's for sure. As I turn down the music. Now, I'm going to be brutally honest, and usually I don't say this kind of stuff about sports. I know it's all nice, and I was being all enthusiastic about it a month ago, being like, oh, hockey's back, basketball's back, yes! But now I'm just kind of like, in a way, at a loss of interest. I mean, yes, it's still great. And it's fun to see basketball and hockey playoffs being played out in September and probably a little bit into October. It's going to be nice. Yes, I'll have to admit it's something you don't see every day, but I don't know. It's just I said it at the beginning of the show. It's just like when the football back, back baseball now, um, you know, in, in playoff push time, it just doesn't seem as interesting to me to watch hockey or basketball. Um, I... I haven't been up to date as much as the next basketball fanatic in the playoffs, um, but I still know what's going on, of course, and that's here. That's why I'm here to talk about it. So I'll start with the basketball playoffs, since you know um, that's a bit of that's a little bit behind hockey. Um, you got the Nuggets and Clippers going to a Game Seven, and that's going to happen tomorrow. That's uh, uh, at eight o'clock. Or at least if you're listening it tomorrow, it's tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, Clippers and Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets have squeaked back from uh, the depths of despair to come back and contest to force a Game 7 against the Clippers. Um, that is a Western Conference semifinal um, in which has yet to be decided because now we got an Eastern Conference Finals already um, set and it'll be between the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. Never in the history of the playoffs, at least in the modern era, has the Eastern Conference Finals been with two teams that are not either a one or two seed, which is actually quite relieving. Because I remember like the past few years watching the basketball playoffs, I'm always expecting the Cavaliers, or of course uh, back in early last decade it would be the heat or etc and then even that of the celtics because those were dominant teams in the eastern conference even the bulls for that matter was like that the bulls were a one seed and um made it to the eastern conference finals at one point so it's just like never has that ever not happened where two non one or two seeds were in the eastern conference finals which i think makes this series even more interesting Game one tomorrow night, starting at 5:30 on ESPN. Obviously, Boston's favored to win, but don't count out the Heat whatsoever with Jimmy Butler. Um, I really enjoy that team a lot. It's just that's that's the Miami Heat team that uh, I don't think can beat a team like the Lakers, who I think are going to come out of the Western Conference. Um, 
same thing. I can say the same thing about the Celtics. It just seems like the Celtics have more depth. Um, not even that. It's just the Celtics have more. I think they're just favored to win. It's just they 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 have the momentum based on that. And but against a team like the Heat, that's not easy to say. Um, so yeah, I'm waiting. We're, I think the Lakers are awaiting the uh, Clippers game um, to settle in, and obviously. Uh, the Lakers have beat uh, their opponents, in which were the Houston Rockets. I am not surprised, even though the Houston Rockets won by a decisive win in Game 1. The Lakers never showed any uh, lackluster uh, effort since that game, and they won four in a row, which means that they're coming in hot uh, going into this Western Conference Final which would be either against the Nuggets or Clippers. I think it would be much more interesting if the Clippers are playing because that's an all-LA Western Conference final. You don't see that very often. Um, And either a Denver Nuggets team, that would be um, also an interesting mix. But uh, I still got the Lakers coming out of the West. And I got, if I were to say between Boston and Miami, I got Boston, but I wouldn't count Miami out. Like I said, it's just going to be... it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I think a big reason as to why I'm not as interested in basketball is because everything that's gone down is everything that I've been expecting. I know the Lakers are going to outperform themselves in the playoffs. I know that I didn't think that the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, I, I always praise Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he can't do it himself. And I said it before, Middleton isn't even that great of a secondary. I mean, yeah, he's a great player, but I mean, compared to other secondaries in the league in these playoffs, you had Russell Westbrook and James Harden a- as a duo, and look what happened to them. They got nearly swept by the Lakers. So the it's the Milwaukee Bucks were in a position to lose against a team that was just, I just would say, more well-rounded in the Miami Heat. They have players that are willing to perform on a daily basis, and Jimmy Butler seems like to be uh, um, kind of an overshadowed leader if you may say of that team kind of like that guy you look up to that veteran that has um in-game depth experience some playoff experience with the bulls uh so let's see um (laughs) that's funny my mom i'm I'm just gonna keep this on the broadcast because i think it's funny my mom just texted me saying quote (laughs) caught me off guard believe it or not I can hear everything you're saying from the basement through my vents. Can you please keep it down? I need to go to bed. Thank you. Good night. All right. That, there is a vent right here. Son of a... I I have not noticed that there's a vent above me, which is why last week you all heard, or like the last episode about a couple weeks ago, you heard the ke- the kitchen renovations in the background with all the drilling and hammering going on. Obviously, we don't have that right now because it's at 11 at night. And my mom is, of course, trying to go to bed, but I'm trying to record a radio show. Come on, Mom. Let me let me do what I love. It's okay. No, I'm, I'll be a little quieter. But uh, I know uh, next segment for UFC, that's going to be a little bit tough. But I think hopefully by that time she'll be in a deep slumber so that I can yell about uh, what's to come in the next UFC fights. It's impossible for me not to raise my voice during UFC. So I hope you guys know that and are prepared for it. So I guess this is my next segue between basketball and hockey. Here's um, 
here's what's up with hockey tonight. Like I mentioned in my previous segment, um, the trends for to this segment was that the Dallas Stars beat the Vegas Golden Knights tonight uh, to advance to the Stanley Cup final for the first time in their 20 years as a franchise. And uh, good for them because they knocked out a team that are three years into their own franchise. And then they're like, well, it's my time now. So to the Dallas Stars, good for you. I'm rooting for them now. Um, Dallas has a lot of I just think that they have a lot better reasons to win compared to the other teams that are left, which is, of course, the New York Islanders and um, Tampa Bay Lightning. But if the Tampa Bay Lightning win, I would hope that um, I think the first... Well, have the New York Islanders even won a championship yet? I mean, they're down two and three to one in the series. But I kind of want to fact check this. So... You guys noticed my my voice has changed a little bit since my basketball segment after I got in that text. I even responded to her. I actually should respond to my mom saying I'm sorry. I'm I'll yeah, here's all I'll say. I'll keep it down. Hope you hope you are enjoying what you are hearing. I love you. Good night. All right, sent. All right. Let's get back to whether or not the New York Islanders have won a Stanley Cup or not. Um, oh, well, I'm I'm stupid. I'll, you guys are going to think I'm stupid for having to at least fact check this in the first place. Um, it really shows off some lack of hockey knowledge here. The 1982 New York Islanders uh, became the first United States-based team to win three consecutive Stanley Cups. So obviously they didn't just win one. They won a lot of them. Fantastic. Uh, So that was unnecessary to fact check, but I'll still leave it in the podcast because I think it's just funny to show off my lack of knowledge sometimes. Um, But the basis here is now... I want to see the Dallas Stars win it because you always love to see a first time for everything, right? The Dallas Stars winning a Stanley Cup. Come on. Who's ever thought of that? So um, I want to see Jimmy Ben win a Stanley Cup. He's, he's one of my favorite players. Um, how long has that guy been around? Jamie Ben. Uh, contract. Well, here, you know what? Hockey reference. That's... Uh, if, if you're... Uh, a fanatic of any sport or a sports analyst like me use any reference page for any sport it's so useful i can't even describe to you how useful it is um so jamie ben let's see he's been in the league since 2009 so with the same team dallas so wouldn't it be nice for jamie ben to deliver for his team i think that's the guy to do it so um i'm rooting for you mr ben with two ends Uh, (laughs) my mom responded with two hearts but she didn't tell me if she enjoyed listening to my show so I'm going to have to text her Um, are you enjoying the show mom I need some constructive criticism sent alright let's hope it is some good feedback from my mother. All right. Um, 
On the other end of things, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Islanders. Of course, as I mentioned, I think Tampa Bay is going to pull off that win. I don't see the Islanders winning three in a row against the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. First and foremost, they barely even won game three. They had to rely on a last-second goal to take the lead. Or last three-minute goal. I don't I don't know. Anyways, see, this is – so I'm done with hockey and basketball, so this is exactly proving my point. I don't have as much to say about hockey and basketball as much as I would have to say about football and baseball and, of course, now pending UFC talk. Um – so yeah, that's that with hockey and basketball. Um, and I would assume a prolonged UFC segment to come, and I'm very excited about it. So uh, yeah, I hope you're enjoying the 180th episode of Money Mass Sports Talk. We're an hour in, and uh, um, got still more to come, and it's UFC talk to come here uh, and I think I'm going to talk about, of course, this past weekend. We had a fight night this past weekend. A couple weekends ago, we'll talk about what happened. But I really want to talk about what's to come in the next two weeks of fight nights. Because you got this upcoming weekend, a fight night that um, is featuring many, many notable names. And a fight night that's not even a pay-per-view card. You got names to the likings of Donald Cerrone. Of course, you got the Covington-Woodley fight. Um you- <laughs> Don't even mention you got Nico Price, you got Johnny Walker. Um, it's going to be a good card, and I'm all here to talk about it here on the 180th episode of Money Mass Sports Talk. Stick around because a lot of a lot more fun is to await. I would say, yeah, I guess. I hope you're having fun already. All right, let uh, let's cut to the chase. Next segment. Welcome back to Monday Mass Sports Talk. It is your host, Noah Festenstein, bringing you into the final segment of the day today, and it is UFC MMA. Helping me through to intro this one is the Star Wars Force theme song, the Far Out Remix. Doesn't sound like the Star Wars Force theme song, but it is. It's just trapped. You know, trap music, I just call them. It means that trapped. The song got trapped. Oh, I'm reeling it down. Because I got a special surprise for you guys. And I'm excited to share it with you right here, right now, because I got someone on the line that I think you might want to hear. And he's here with me right now. You haven't heard his voice in a while, and I'm sure that you miss him. Because I miss him, too. Here he is, Carlos the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez. How you doing today? Yo, 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 yo. I'm feeling great. How's it going? It's great. And now we're into the show and uh, just um, treated our listener with a special treat. And that's you, Carlos. Cause, oh, thank you. I like I like treats. Treats for everyone. Treats for you, Noah. Treats for me. Treats for everyone, right? That's, oh. what, that's what Oprah says. 
You get a you get a radio show. You get a radio show. Everyone gets a radio show. Wait, wait, hold up. Before I start screaming, my mom texted me last segment saying that we got to keep it down because she can hear me through the vents. So you just got to be a little quiet, Carlos. And I know it's tough to do that during UFC talk. But if my mom comes down here and starts yelling at you, I'm going to blame everything on you because you're just that so hype. I, 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 then I'm going to have to beware of Mrs. Festin's name. It's going to be rather scary if I see you the next time. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I think you'll be fine, Carlos. Uh, oh, so, really um, good. I got some catching up to do. First of all, we haven't heard your voice in a while. I want to tell our listener here, how you doing? What's been up? Man, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I've been surviving the apocalypse for so long. I'm, de- I'm dehydrated, I'm malnourished, but you know what? I'm still training MMA, and I think I'm able to make not just the flyweight division, but I think the strawweight division. You can make the strawweight division? Yep, the female, the ladies' strawweight, uh, uh, I'll, I'll fight for the ladies' strawweight belt. If anyone doesn't know what the straw weight belt is, or a straw weight weight class is, it's 115 pounds. Carlos, you've given me the impression that you're a bantam weight this whole time, um, and now you're talking about straw weight? Is that even in existence for a male weight class? Uh, possibly. Rather so. Actually, yeah. Interesting question. Would that be in existence in, like, an amateur fight organization, etc.? Oh, I, I could imagine. To be honest, I don't know the name, but I think I've seen little clips of it. So there's other little leads and such. But as far as for drawing the big money, I guess Dana White don't want no part of it just yet. So the lightest he wants to go is just a uh, I mean, well, here's the problem. It doesn't seem like people are that invested in that of the, the flyweight division as is. So why would they want to try to be interested in a Bantam or um? I already forgot the name. Strawweight division. Why would they be interested in that? Also, in the women, I mean, all respect given to all the fighters, but it doesn't seem like the women's uh, weight class in that regard for strawweight isn't even that popular. Yeah, I would say so. Besides, uh, besides having, uh, who's the one? Uh, Wei Lei Xing, right? Wei Lei Xing's the 115, right? Yeah. Yeah, Even though she is pretty badass, I'm not gonna lie. Joanna and her saved that, saved that, that weight class. Like literally brought at least some hype to it. Yeah, no, I'll have to agree. But anybody who's out of the top five in that any any division in women's weight class, it's kind of like a free for all in a way. Yeah, I would say so. So. Yeah, so, I mean, now since we're kind of in, in the midst of it, we're talking about free-for-alls, uh, some fights we've missed talking about um, in the past few months. I don't think anything too notable, to be honest with you, which I'd consider kind of lucky because we got some greater fights to talk about in the next oh, couple yeah. weeks in that matter, and that's why I have you on the show today. Um, what are you looking forward to most, Carlos, about the next couple weeks of fights? Well, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, very nervous for two, two fighters uh, on the next next weekend card. Um, this upcoming weekend, right? Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, there's the, a the, the weekend coming up, like this one coming up. Uh, I'm very worried for my boy Johnny Walker. Ever oh, of course. Blowing out his shoulder, he has not been so devastating. But you know what? I still have hope for the man, and I hope that he will become devastating once again. And then the second fighter. 
is Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone Woodley must make a comeback, but he has a big challenge ahead of him in Kobe Covington. Yeah, I, I would believe out of all the fights that Woodley has in, had has had in the careers, including title fights with Darren Till and Robbie Lawler, he had a good fight with. Um, it's. I would think this is the toughest test of his career. You know, he's facing the most adversity. He's on a two-fight losing streak. He needs this fight to come back. Yes, he does. And uh, him and Dana White are he never really are on good terms. Like that's just how it is with the uh, with uh, a lot of the a lot of the fighters. There's some, there's some people who who uh, who get along with Dana White, and then there's many that don't. And uh, Tyrone Woodley, unfortunately, is one of them. And so. Basically, Tyrone Woodley really needs to put on a show, really earn Dana White's respect. Not just Dana White, but, you know, everybody, including himself. And uh, also in that weight class, because, you know, that weight class seems like a very selective weight class, especially in the top three, when you got a guy like Kamara Usman is like, I want to fight this guy. No, I actually kind of want to fight this guy. You know, it, this fight could define a lot in the once weight weight class. Yeah, if Tyrone Woodley were to destroy Kobe Covington, would that... The talks of Tyron Woodley, you know, being you know spoken, uh, you know, about fighting for the champ, uh, for the title against Kamaru would would become a little bit more uh, favorable if he destroys Kobe in a better fashion than the way Kamaru defeated him. And, yeah. Uh, if it's like just close or whatever, I don't know. Like maybe, but Tyron Woodley, he he needs Kobe. Maybe one more fight after, but if he obliterates Kobe, then. I don't know, like, well, imagine a first-round stoppage, second-round stoppage. You, you could possibly be talking, you know what, maybe give Tyrone Woodley another chance here because we need vintage Tyrone Woodley. So the band that was super shredded, yeah. super powerful and explosive that everybody fears. Yeah, but that exact same reason is the reason why it's a very important fight for Woodley because this could define his placement in the welterweight rankings, whether or not he'd want to be top five or not. Because his recent loss, of course, is the next um, up-and-comer championship challenger, Gilbert Burns. So his performance value against Kobe Covington is very important. Um, I think same thing applies for your guy Johnny Walker against Ryan Spann. Who's Ryan Spann? He's on a he, he's on a roll right now with some wins, and Johnny yeah, Walker's on a roll with losses. Yeah, Ryan Spann is, is, is not to be slept on. I mean. He's got good power. Like both these guys got good power, and they have great size. That so makes that, it that, such a just that much better of a fight. Yeah, it's, it's one of those like super super freak like heavyweight like new guys that came in because you had some of the guys that are just like six one six two. These are those six four, you know, plus height guys. It's like a reach close around John Jones. Some of them looking bigger than him, and so. Like, this was that type of fight, and, you know, if Johnny Walker could put away Ryan Spann as big as he is, like, you know, you never know. Like, maybe he does. So maybe he is still a, a viable choice to fight uh, top guys in the division, despite his, uh, his, his his lackluster performance against Nikita and then the devastating loss to Corey Anderson, who's now lo- no longer in the UFC. Unfortunately so. Uh, yeah, I love Corey Anderson. Um, yeah, oh yeah, of course. Um, both of the fights that you mentioned with Johnny Walker and Ryan Spann alongside, of course, the welterweight main event, Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley are really important fights, but 
don't count any of the other fights on this card out because uh, it seems like a pay-per-view worthy card here on Saturday night because you also got Donald Cerrone and Nico Price fighting. Um, I would hope Donald Cerrone could come back after the last couple of losses. Donald Cerrone also just got a new baby in the world, too, so that might be just another added motivation as it was when he originally got his um, his first child. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was a nice run that Donald Cerrone had when that happened. You know, it's like Donald Cerrone is just like a definitely a war veteran in the, the octagon, of course. And uh, so it's, 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 he, he always has these kids, and then he and then he ends up destroying multiple people in a row until he fights the top guy, unfortunately. But many people have wanted to see Donald Cerrone become champion, but fortunately that never happened. But he's still a relatively fan favorite type of fighter. Because how he, he never turns anybody down, and he always brings it every single fight, mm-hmm. win, lose, or draw. Yeah, I'll, even the attitude. I mean, remember when his, he lost, his last fight, when he lost against Conor McGregor in January, how humble he was and how happy he still was because he has everything in his life that he wants. But, of course, he's a fighter. He's a warrior, as you mentioned. That This is the guy you want to see in the octagon, win or lose, because he's a big name. Most wins in UFC history. But do you yep. think he can add on to that number against a guy like Nico Price? And you talk about a stylistic matchup. Nico Price is quite the candidate for a Donald Cerrone. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, beating Nico Price, like he's one of those young guys and stuff who has a incredible finishing ability, especially with his backup, you know, on the ground, which is quite rare. Um, it, it definitely would would you know bring. Uh, Donald Cerrone a little bit higher in the in the ranking to continue fighting top guys. You know, regardless if it's a top guy or not, he's always gonna he's always gonna bring a show and stuff. You know, it'd be pretty cool to see him win, but it's definitely gonna be a hard fight because I think Nico Price might be coming off a loss. I think. Yeah, if he's coming off a loss. Yeah, he is coming off a loss, I believe. Let me check. I just want to make sure that you're correct. I know he's coming. I just forgot who he lost to last time, but keep on talking. Yeah. So basically, yeah, this is a very interesting fight because it's young blood versus, uh, you know, the, the the crafty veteran. But I, I just don't really know how much Donald Cerrone has left in him. But you, know, you just yeah. never know. What I give it. I give it five more fights at most. He, he lost to who? Uh, no, I uh, I was I say about Donald Cerrone. He's got at least five fights left at most. But yeah, I interrupted five, five, your 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 point. I apologize. I would like I would like to see five fights out of them, especially if most of them are wins or all of them. That'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. I hope his last fight that he ever has is a win because he's an incredible man. He, uh, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet, but he's definitely he's going to be. He's going. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in the world. I mean, also the fact that he hasn't really he's he hasn't held the championship belt. Yeah, he hasn't. Had, he's one of the the you know the most popular fighters. To never, never hold it down. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, love a lot of guy. names on that list. Nothing, nothing you can really, really hate about him. Mm-hmm, and, indeed. Uh, and there's another. And uh, what's he called? In terms of uh, on the card, you know, as far as uh, I think another well, no, it's not a welterweight. Actually, it's a middleweight fight. I'm so excited to see that Cosmont Demayo guy. We never really. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. Though. So there's uh, before we go any further, I want to. Uh, relay my fact check. Vicente Lutzke lost on May 9th. UFC 249 against, uh, or no, what am I talking Nico Price lost against Vicente Luque at UFC 249. So that was his last fight, and he lost. Oh, 
Yeah, that that makes sense. I believe I remember that. Yeah, I remember that too. Now, now that I see it, but yeah, finishing ability for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's something that Donald Cerrone I feel like is more accustomed to now since he's older and more prone to getting knocked out, and that's definitely a danger coming into this fight, especially coming off of his forty-five second appearance against Conor McGregor. Uh, It's not as encouraging now going up against another knockout artist to the likings of Nico Price. Um, So we were just getting into the next big fight on the card, which is on the main card for this fight. And you said Kamzat Shemaev, who is eight and zero. Kamzat Shemaev, yep. He is the I think he's the best prospect in the middleweight game right now. To be honest with you, any guy, a veteran, I think he's a submission specialist in Gerald Mearshart. Yeah, this is interesting. Honestly, as far as like middleweight, uh, you know, despite you know, Paulo Costa being there as one of those guys that seem like they could you know win the belt in a way. Like, uh, what's he called? Yeah, Kamzat Shmeyev, it's interesting to see. I really feel like he would fare better in welterweight with his Khabib-like style, considering he got people in middleweight like Yoel, and then uh, Adesanya knows how to stop takedowns and stuff. And uh, But, yeah, Kamzat Shmeyev is very interesting. I, I, I mean, definitely, definitely, if he defeats this man in middleweight in incredible fashion, I mean, yeah, we could definitely talk to this the B like style is it would be pretty effective at the middleweight division. We have to we have to be able to see because there's very good fighters that have incredible takedown defense, especially at middleweight. I feel like wrestling seems to work super well at welterweight compared to middleweight. Seems like welterweight, uh, no middleweight has a mixture of striking and wrestling. And what we welterweight is like you know having somebody like Kamara Usman. Wrestling seems to really dominate in the welterweight division. Indeed. So it's, a, it's going to be interesting to see how dominant is Kamzatameya's wrestling to the point where we can consider it like, oh, maybe this is something actually better than what, say, like Yoel Romero had to offer or uh, a wrestler like Derek Brunson mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So this, this, is, this is very exciting to see. I want to see how great is this wrestling against uh, Mirsar. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. So that's a wrap on discussing this stacked card on Saturday night. And the most exciting part about it, it's not pay-per-view. So if you have ESPN+, Plus, I pay four ninety nine a month for it, and it's amazing. It's everything I need to, talk, to watch um, ESPN exclusives. I should be getting paid by ESPN right now just to talk about it. But uh, nonetheless, um, if we want to actually talk about paying for stuff... Talk about putting your money's worth money to good worth to good use for UFC 253, which is in a week from Saturday night. Because you got middleweight main event Israel Adesanya and Paul Acosta. Both fighters are undefeated in their professional careers, and one of them has got to relinquish that uh, that title. Um, is it going to be Israel Adesanya uh, or is it going to be Paul Acosta? What do you think? Well, somebody though has got to go apparently. So that's what they say. So I, I am so excited for this, like you wouldn't even understand. And, uh, oh my god! I, can't, I think this is the most exciting fight of the year, at least in terms of hype. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just like these two don't really like each other, and then Adesanya is just that technical striker, and then you know you got the, the probably the most, and besides Joel Romero, the most powerful 
the hitting guy at middleweight. I mean, the guy just cuts so much weight. I don't even know how healthy. Oh no, he cuts from two thirty to one eighty-five. How do you do that? Yeah, that is uh, that is absurd. That's Loki is probably at two twenty right now. One eighty-five. That's like yeah, that's forty-five pounds. Jeez, Louise. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah, that's absurd, and it's like, and, and, he, mm. and he has like, no body fat on him. It's just pure muscle, so it's pretty. It's pretty The fact that that man could be within 10 pounds of me in a matter of a week is insane. Yeah, it's pretty scary, man. That's that's why it's like if, you know, if you're walking around almost 185 or whatever, and and, and you think, oh, well, you know what, I could, I could, I I, I think I'm a good, you know, match at the middleweight, you know. Yeah, you'll probably be ten pounds heavier after the after the weigh-ins. Yeah, he's gotta be. Like, That's insane. Uh, so yeah, I st- I I'm gonna be talking about this more next week, of course. But this is the only time you're gonna have a chance on the show to talk about it. So might as well give it a little bit of attention here. Um, but I honestly think Paul Acosta has a better chance than what Yoel Romero had when they faced off when Israel Adesanya had his last matchup. Yeah, the th- and the thing is, it's like, yeah, Yoel Romero had Israel, like, pursued him a lot more. But I, I definitely could have seen, uh, you know, Yoel uh, Romero being able to do uh, more to him. But obviously, I think you mentioned before that when we saw each other that they, uh, that these are two counter strikers that kind of worked against them uh, for a lackluster fight. As, uh, uh, they didn't really pursue each other, but. We know that we know that Paulo Costa is gonna he's gonna he's gonna pursue Adesanya. But one good point that my coach at uh, Midwest Training Center I uh, came up with that ever since witnessing what happened to Robert Whitaker, Robert Whitaker was trying to count, you know uh, fight in the pocket and stuff, and he got knocked out fighting in the pocket, which is uh, pretty rare to have a long, lengthy type of fighter to beat you in the pocket. It's more like at range that they do that. But Adesanya is so impressive that yeah. he was able to defend so versatile. So we, be- I, we, my my coach believes that we will see a little more of a reserve follow code stuff, but he will be advancing. I'm more more so than than Yoel Romero, but oh, he's going to be a little more calculated, so he doesn't become the next victim like Robert Whitaker. You fight. have so to be. I mean, you have to be kind of calculated to for a counter striker to the liking of Israel Adesanya. There's just no other way to do it. It's it's going to be a very interesting and could be a chess match like fight, but an aggressive chess match to that point. Any last words on that fight? Because I want to talk about the light heavyweight co-main event, which is also a championship fight. Oh yeah. So. Uh... Well, so it's really hard for me to tell who's going to win. I, I, I'm going with Adesanya because he's a lot more precise, and I feel like he, especially if he manages to kind of like Don Jones his way through the fight, where Don Jones doesn't seem to get hit. Like somehow he just evades all these bombs and stuff like that. Paulo Costa's going to get exhausted by the third round, and if it's in the fourth and fifth, it's Adesanya completely lasering this man. <laughs> 
entertaining round, but it's a storm of the first two rounds that Adesanya has to watch out for. Likewise, actually, for Paulo Costa, because Adesanya, you put your lights out even in the pocket when you're rushing them. So rushing them isn't the, the, you know, the only way to beat Adesanya. It isn't the guaranteed way. But All it right. can happen. All right. Well, I uh, have some thoughts on that, but I'm not going to talk about who I think is going to win. I'm going to talk about who I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna, who's going to lose, and I'm going to tell you why. I think Israel Adesanya is going to lose this one because getting your he's, he's 19-0. Getting your 20th win in the UFC is not easy, and to be honest, there's, I feel like there's a, a spiritual reason to that, or at least some sort of curse to it where it's uh, hard for a fighter to get their 20th win. And Paulo Costa, I feel like this is his time. This is his chance to redeem something that he has been planning for a very long time and just waiting for his chance. So if anyone's more prepared, it's got to be Costa for this fight. Um, Ezra Adesanya, I, don't th- I think he's going to underestimate Costa in this fight. And I think his uh, cockiness is going to get to him and Costa is going to win this fight. That's an interesting point. No, we shall see what a both. If I were out of town here or anybody on the planet, I would not underestimate Paul Costa. If I were to want... He hits way too hard, I, I would not sleep on him. No. I'd it... always be on my toes when this man is coming forward. If I were That's to choose a UFC fighter to protect me in an alleyway, if I was in trouble, it's going to be Paulo Costa. <laughs> That's your choice, eh? Yeah. I mean, who's who's your choice? Who who is my choice, huh? I'm going with Francis. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that that's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I mean, Francis and Ganu has like the hardest punching power ever recorded in the UFC um, analytics center. Um, but uh, we got one more fight to talk about quick, and that is the light heavyweight co-main event, which is also a championship fight. But it's the championship fight that's going to take away the vacant belt that John Jones once held, and it's going to be Dominic Reyes. The last victim to John Jones in the light heavyweight division against uh, John Blakovich, Polish power in Blakovich. Who do you got in this fight? Oh man, I had to go with the man who I believe beat John Jones. Yeah, Dominic I agree. Reyes. This is the he's fight that I'm, I agree with you. He's more swiftier and more elusive and all than uh, compared to Blakovich. But you, can't, the thing is, Blakovich I believe does get underestimated a lot because sometimes he looks a little bit slow. And then he can he can put your lights out with a big bomb. And he definitely has bombs in his hands. So it's gonna be an interesting uh, fight in that regard. Yeah. Like, yeah, I fought John Jones. Ain't nobody gonna be harder than him. And uh, you know, a harder fight than him. And he, and I'm the champion. And then like you know, he he, he starts showboating or whatever, or, or decides to play with Blackwitch and Blackwitch. You know, hits him clean. Like that that could really cost him. So. He has to be just as smart and calculated as he was against uh, John Jones. He needs to remain that mm-hmm. way and only be that way. He can't think that now he has all this swagger and it and come in toying with a guy like Blackwood. Like he, he can't put your lights out. And I think uh, Rockhold thought Blackwood was a joke, and look what happened to him. So. <laughs> yep. Good point. Uh, what? So we talk, we, we mentioned John Jones. Obviously, we can't sleep on him. Uh, should the heavyweight uh, division sleep on John Jones as he's now making uh, a weight class change? Uh, they shouldn't sleep on him because he has cardio to go all five rounds and lots of heavyweight 
in that class do not have uh, cardio to really go and perform. They don't even have uh, cardio to go two time. rounds, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, just the way literally. they say it, yeah. Like, imagine if, some, uh, if John Jones versus Derek Lewis in the fourth round. Like, Derek Lewis sometimes kind of stands there. <laughs> I can't imagine a John Jones Derek Lewis fight. I can't. That's actually a fight I want to see. You know, if they're Loki, gonna give Francis, you know. like if, they, if they're gonna give Francis, uh, Francis a, a fight against Stipe, you, you, you might as well put John Jones versus Derek Lewis. That, the, the hype for that fight is gonna be absolutely hilarious. Like the John Jones trying to oh sound like this mastermind that like I can't. I am, like, I am the lion or whatever. That's and, like the one fight. Derek Lewis that Loki would be so funny and just that's the one fight where I'd be like I just can't watch this I gotta look away yeah oh my goodness yeah the anxiety through the roof <laughs> <laughs> honestly literally what would happen in that fight would be John Jones taking him to the ground and not letting him get back up yeah, that could be. It's just all I know is Derek Lewis is very big, so it's gonna be a lot of weight to handle. But you know, Don Jones is strong, though, so it is possible. Yeah, it's it is. Like, yeah, it's, it's like especially in the later rounds, Don Jones is controlling him all day. But first two, two rounds, Derek Lewis can be explosive even when he gets taken down. Like somehow this man could just like squat hundreds of pounds and just like squat his way back up with. there's no hope bro even with the Roys huh? the, the Brock Lesnar that won the belt maybe I, I mean I don't know but it's crazy to tell but striking John Jones is absolutely picking them apart with or without the Roys the wrestling would be interesting to see I would be interested and in if you're talking about wrestling I'd be interested in a Curtis Blades fight against John Jones yeah, that is that is that's a really good one. Like it, you know, it all jokes aside with the with the Derek Lewis deal and all that. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Curtis Blades like Curtis Blades literally gorillas people with his wrestling. Like, oh my goodness, he takes guys of all sides down. Like he got wrestling. twenty takedowns against his last opponent. It was Alexander Volkov, and that was like the most amount of takedowns in heavyweight history in one match. So. It's just, and also size wise between Jones and and Blades, that's a good comparison for a, for for the first fight in Jones' career at heavyweight. That would be a good matchup. I I would go for that matchup. Yeah, yeah, that 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 like that's a serious competitive fight for sure. Like John Jones has the edges of striking. In terms of the wrestling, I don't know. It's like I think Curtis Blades must be a bit stronger. You know, he he seems to win later on in the fight, but his ground and pound is devastating. I mean it. You saw what happened with uh, Alistair Overeem against him. Like, this is going to to be pretty devastating. So, Even yeah, Alistair yeah, Overeem that, could be a good option, too, because that, that would just be a good welcome to the heavyweight class in terms of size-wise and sizing his opponents up in terms of the perspective of John Jones. I think that would be very important for him to get that kind of fight, to get the perspective of the heavyweight so that he can compete in that division. Yeah, just 
thing is, Don Jones uh, used to be Alice's training partner. So I think Don Jones, being the mastermind that he is, has a very good read on the things that Overeem has to provide. And Overeem is on the slow end, but you know what? That is a good welcome fight nonetheless. Indeed. So, uh, with the UFC kind of winding down here as the conversation, is there any last words that you have on it? Because I do want to have one more topic of discussion with you today. Uh, any any last words? I don't know. I just can't wait. I want time to pass. I don't want to wait any longer. I feel like I've been waiting forever for these good things to come. So, uh, literally, I want to just tell time to hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. I want to see this fight. Sorry. Hurry up. It's taking too long. It's taking too long. No, it's taking too long. Hey, is Josh next to you? Your MMA Josh, does he want to say uh, hi on the broadcast? Hey, hey, hey Josh, you want, you want to say hello to the broadcast? <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> Josh, is that you? It's Josh. What's up, man? What's up, Josh? You're on Money Man Sports Talk. How, do, how does that feel? Feels great. Feels great. How was that Bears yeah. win yesterday, huh? It was nice and toasty. It was nice and. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a win is a win. A win is a win. Oh yeah. We gotta play another net. We got way harder teams on the schedule. Oh yeah, I know. We got New York Giants next week. You got to win those games in order to at least have a chance against the better teams. But. We'll see. Uh, encouraging fourth quarter might not be as encouraging and, uh, as long as you can perform a full game. But, um, yeah, Josh, you got Paul Acosta or uh, Israel Adesanya? Um, I'm, I'm taking the last style blender. Oh. No question. Okay. We're gonna have we're gonna have some beef on fight night uh, week from Saturday. Then this upcoming Saturday, though, I got the Tyron Woodley fight. I know that you're a big fan of his, and I'll support you in that matter. But Josh, you still owe me five bucks from this past fight night because you know you know we made a bad about the Watterson and uh, what was her face Hill fight. Yeah, yeah, Watterson and Angela Hill. Yeah, yeah, that was a good fight. Uh, women's strawweight fight or what was it? Yeah, I think it was Strawway. Yeah, definitely Strawway. It was a good fight. Anyways. Than I thought it was going to be. This is my friend Josh, everyone. Josh, thank you for making a very brief appearance. Oh, yeah, no problem. Anytime. Of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Carlos, um, some of my listeners are having trouble... Finding success in the war zone of Call of Duty, is there any tips that you have as one of the best Call of Duty players that I know of to oh win in the war zone? Man, all I gotta say is there's something going on in my account that's a little fishy, and maybe some of you guys have something going on with your account as well. My multiplayer life is amazing. My thunder life is amazing. But war zone can be a bit rough. My highlights are very rare, but when they do happen, they are incredible. Like my 19 kill Warzone game is my fifth wins in one night. That was the best Warzone night I ever had. And I, all I know is I think that, that night, that one night of my life, skill based matchmaking was taken off. So let's fuck skill based matchmaking. Basically, this thing is the crack. It's the devil. It's the beast. It's the grin that stole the Christmas. That's what skill-based matchmaking is if you're a good player in the 
matchmaking, they pair you up against players of your skill. Sometimes they pair you, if you're really good, you get paired up against hackers and stuff like that, too. And it's just really annoying. So if you want to know how to avoid skill-based matchmaking and take it on the developers for ruining your experience, what you got to do is drop on the first guy in Warzone, die. <laughs> and, then, and then go into Gulag, die. And then hit the sign-out button so your stats don't get affected. And boom, repeat this process between 10 to 20 times. And then you will have yourself some nice flaming hot, I mean, uh, I was going to say flaming hot Cheetos, but some nice flaming lobbies. <laughs> I mean, you can say flaming hot lobby. Yeah, flaming hot lobbies. That, yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the way to word it. So, that, you know, currently when I was on the, on, on, on the on, you know, on this radio with you, I was doing two birds and one stone because, you know what, my war zone lobbies are ridiculous. I'm not trying to be drenched in sweat all the time. You know, I can only take so many showers a day. So, so yes, I was reverse boosting while while gaming. But do not get it twisted. This car is the Liquid Terminator of reverse booster only. No, because if you want to see me fighting the top of the competition, you will find me in the CDL kind of competitive lobbies on on uh, on multiplayer. It's, it's one of the categories. There's core, hardcore, and CDL. That's where the pros play. And I and I think I have a record of twenty wins. Twenty wins and three losses on that. So I, I fight the best of the best. But when I'm with my friends, I want some flaming hot lobbies. And if you want flaming hot lobbies, do what I mentioned: die and die in a gulag and sign out. Repeat ten to twenty times and have fun with your friends. <laughs> I feel like that's a little time consuming. It's, if you do it ten times, that's like at least forty-five minutes of my time. You got, you got to do this when you're eating your meal. Imagine that you're eating dinner. Or you're counseling, you know, somebody of your family that's having a hard time. Whip out the war zone and then just reverse <laughs> boost because you don't got to think anything. So you can, li- or you can literally, or listen to a teacher talk. I, you know, everybody's doing online school. So when you're doing your schoolwork, you know, you have your computer and you just drop on the guy. You don't have, you don't really have to think. And just as, and while you're doing something more important than war zone, boom! Once it's kind of play, you're good to go to have a great time. Because you're in a great flaming hot lobby. Yeah, flaming hot lobby. Yeah, I was doing something more important. I was on the radio with you, reverse boosting. I didn't even think like, oh, this yeah, is so boring. He's <laughs> reverse boosting this entire segment. But <laughs> 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 you're calling it to a radio show. I've reverse got like boost. Nine games already done. Like I'm already pretty much done. <laughs> and what's funny is this segment has taken 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And, and literally, I, I was in the lobby. I got killed by a guy who emptied five clips of his pistol to finally hit me, and I was right in front of him. It was hilarious. He was like, he was like a level twelve or something. <laughs> oh, that was the best. I mean, if he's I a level twelve, that means you're in the right lobby. <laughs> wait, wait, what was that? I said if if he's a level twelve, that means you're in you're in the right lobby. You're in a flaming hot yep, lobby. Yeah, yes I am. I'm in that flaming hot. So lobby. why did you let him kill you? I can I can literally taste it. Like I was just I was moving my left analog stick, moving in circular motion while this guy's trying to hit me, and I'm talking to you seriously. Like I wanted to burst out laughing, but but you know obviously I had to take our UFC talk seriously. But this guy literally. <laughs> dumped five clips to finally finish me. It was so funny. That's I, at I least you could at least you could laugh about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 
That he has been reverse boosting this entire time on COD. <laughs> I'm just like too good and still can Lord. provide. I, I, I fight nothing, nothing but the Lords, the Lords of COD. Only on Warzone do I fight all the Lords. <laughs> You've been in my Lords lobbies. They're absurd, man. They're they're a little crazy to my likings. I'll have to admit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very unplayable. I gotta say, you know. But I can, I only play them like with my pro team. I have these uh, guys that are amazing. They have 300 wins. And like a 2KD, these guys, like, they're ridiculous. They talk about every single little strategy, like, all right, so you're going to position yourself on that rock right there. Make sure to put your head slightly on top on that one angle so it's called so that we can consider it a head glitch. They won't be able to tag you unless they hit you in the head. And then you go behind this one box, but stay prone because you don't have a sniper rifle. But make sure to deploy the Bettys once we give you the signal. Uh, when the enemies, uh, you know, it's like ridiculous, man. Like these guys are like this, and, and that's I got like five wins with them, and like it was like a four win streak with these guys. Like literally to play my lobbies, I need to have nothing but absolute pros. That makes if I'm going to be on the god lobbies, man, it's ridiculous. Again, yeah, that is ridiculous, dude. And just as ridiculous has been this segment with you, it's been, like I said, 45 minutes, roughly 40 minutes, maybe a little less. Um, but regardless, Talk it's been a... <laughs> Talk about a comeback for the Liquid Terminator! I hope my mom did not wake up because of that. She, she listening in her dreams, she hears, The Liquid Terminator! <laughs> And then, and then, and then, when you're gonna have, when you're gonna have your UFC fight, decide to have one fight like CM Punk, just go up and like, oh, it's Noah time. He's gonna have a fight. It's gonna be Noah. I repeat, Noah, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, Noah has arrived. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, yeah, dude, it's yeah, been a lot of fun. Feel free to give Mr. Noah an add on, uh, on on Call of Duty. His name is Genoa Noah. Thanks, He's Carlos. That was not supposed work. to be that was not supposed to be tagged, but uh, I'll leave it in there just because uh, I'll uh, play with only those who are worthy enough. Yes, only if you're worthy. You must be an elite, an elite noob dropper <laughs> <laughs> to be worthy the game with the legendary. Genoa. You have to have a minimum of a point six zero KD. <laughs> yeah absolutely alright buddy it's been a pleasure as always man a lot of fun and uh, thank you for your time talking UFC and some Warzone giving our listener a little bit of some tips to uh, get the best lobby possible uh, yes, so uh, you're or otherwise known as the flaming Hot Lobby the flaming Hot the flaming Hot alright buddy uh <laughs> Any last words here on the 180th episode of Monday Mana Sports Talk? Nope. All I got to say is, everybody, if you got Jewish friends, hang out with them. And if they're not scared of coronavirus, hang out with them and party on, I believe it's the 20th, Sunday, right? Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night. Yep. Same For night as the fight night. night. Celebrate it's fights and the Jewish night. New Year. Let's go, baby. Carlos, I love you, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. Much, and much love. 
My and feeling I love it, the fans, man. Too. Feel- the fans love you, Noah. Oh, I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it from all over. Oh, I love it. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Uh, this yep. has been Carlos, the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez, here on the 180th episode of Monday Mana Sports Talk. Thank you all who tuned in today. It was a lot of fun. We started off with baseball, got into some football, then talked basketball and hockey, and now we're going to finish the show with Carlos, the Liquid Terminator Rodriguez, talked UFC and Call of Duty as well. So that was a lot of fun. Once again, thank you for listening, and uh, stick around. Hopefully next week or the next couple weeks, you'll find episode 181. But as far as episode 180, I will bid you adieu. Stay safe.